<clears throat> Welcome to Exchange Telecom's conferencing system. Please enter your conferencing PIN now. One of the most difficult aspects of living in a Western culture like America is that when we speak about Shibud and Chayrus and all the themes of Pesach, so we associate Chayrus with freedom, freedom with rights, and in America that right means the right to say anything you want, do anything you want, and focus on your individuality. The Teres Hashkafa, the Hashkafa Pesach, is that yes, we were Bnei Chayrin, we left Mitzrayim, but we became Abde Hashem, and the Shibit is now to Akash Baruch Hu completely. That means that we don't have the right to say what we want, in many cases even think what we want if it's not in line with proper Ashkafa Sachaim. The focus of the individual rights is not only something that Western culture thought of, but it certainly comes from sources that are not Lafi Ruchenu, and even when meant Lashem Shemayim can lead to disastrous results. To cite a few examples, the first one comes to mind has to do with the actual process of the Gula. We know that Shevet Ephraim left Mitzrayim early. Completely the Shem Shemayim, they felt the Gula was at hand. And yet when they left, they were all annihilated because at the end of the day, they were not following instructions and Das Teira. We know that it's discussed in the Joshua Saran, Joshua Aleph. We know that when Meshach came, although he said the code of the code Pekadati, there were certain elements in Klai Yisrael that were Mesupik, whether or not he was the true Goyal. The Chedusha Aran asks, how were they Mesupik? He said, because Pekadati, they had a Messiah from Sarah Bas Asher. And the Joshua Saran explains that many felt they were Maminim, B'nei Maminim, even though they were involved in Avodah due to the pressure. And they felt that if the Gula was really at hand, the Kosh Baruch Hu has the ability, which he certainly had, to take Klai Yisrael out quickly, completely, without any ruse, without any tricking of Paro. And yet they couldn't understand. Moshe Rabbeinu is asking to go for three days. Why isn't it a, a complete break? And then it's taking time, and things are getting worse, and then we have Makis, Kosh Baruch Hu, has the ability to take us out, so can this really be the Gula? And therefore, some of them doubted Meshe Rabbeinu. The Drush Zoran explains further that in reality, what they didn't know was that the Gula was taking a slower process because Kosh Baruch Hu wanted to punish the Metzri and Midah Kenegad Midah. Hashem wanted to show his Nisim and the flaws. And Hashem had a cheshpin for every prat of the gula process. And yet, people, as soon as it didn't fit 
into the way they felt they would be making decisions, they were ready to reject the leadership. It's very interesting that in the Karbonus, we start Nisim with the Karbonus and the Nisim and the Midbar. It's the reason we don't say uh, Tachanun for the month of Nisim, because so many days are included in this Yantiv mode, so to speak. It's mentioned by the Karbonus that the carbon was brought for Shevet Shimon, and Shimon had the schus to go after Ruvain because he was a Kanoi to defend his sister Dina. We also know that despite the fact that he gets the schar for wanting to do what's right, but Yaakovina at the time in Parshva Yishlach told them that he put all of them in Sakana, and they should have asked, and it wasn't the right thing to do to kill out Shechem. And they said, we can't let it go. And Yaakovinu again gave the Musar by the Brochus in Parshas Vayechi. If you think about it for a moment, Yaakovinu's taina is that they're going to be put in danger. And they said, we have to be brave. And Hashem will protect us. Again, a bystander would think that perhaps they're right. Perhaps the older tzaddik is being too cautious. Perhaps... He's being scared, which certainly wouldn't be according to Yaakov in his Madrega of Bitochem, but they didn't see it that way. They didn't see that they had a Pagam in their Midah, perhaps too much Kas, perhaps only 1% of their own Kas with 99% Lishma. But at the end of the day, they still made a mistake because they felt that we can make our own decisions and they didn't have to follow direction. In the Navi, in Shmuel Beis, in Perichav Dalid, the Pesach says, Ve'yesef af Hashem lachrus b'Yisrael. Hashem is angry at Klai Yisrael. Normally it says the reason of Arazara, other Averis. Here Rashi says, Le'yadati alma. I don't know what the anger was, and the Pesach doesn't explain. And because of this anger, Hashem caused David Melch to make a mistake in Allah and to give an order to count Klai Yisrael. And because of this order, there came a Magefa. The Ramban comes to explain what the anger was and what the mistake was all about in Ramban and Parshas Kairach explains as follows. Read to you his Lashen. David Melech asked to build a base of Mikdash. We know that Hashem said he can't because he's an Ishma Chama, which was a mitzvah, and every person, every Russia he killed was like a carbon in front of a Baruch of The base of Mikdash had to be built by an Ishalom, which will be a son Shlomo Melech. Ramban says, "Hine David Menor Hashem Yisbarach Mnesha Amar Kedamim Rabim Shafachta Artzelafanai." Then it's Achar Oda Binyan Admalay Shlom. It was delayed until Shlom Amalek became king. The Ramban says, "A half a dika chiddush." The Ilu Hayu Yisrael Chafetzim Bedaver. If Klai Yisrael would have been wanting, pushing, more desirous of the Binyan Amikdish, they would have been demanding it. And David HaMelech would have been able to build it because David HaMelech would have been the representative of Klai Yisrael, but it wouldn't have been only David HaMelech. Had Klai Yisrael been asking for it, had they been mavakshim for this central mokom for Avedis Hashem, and David HaMelech would have been part of the project as a Melech Yisrael, but it would have been built then. Rabban's Lushen is, they would have been the builders. 
Kasher am lo hishkichu, David hua mashkiach va mezayur hua sherhechen akol. Since David was inspired himself and no one else was joining him, he couldn't build it. And that's why there was an anger. Why wasn't Klai Yisrael demanding the Gula Shlema? They were in Eretz Yisrael. So they felt, well, we don't need a Gula. They had a Mishkan. We have Karbonus. What was the problem? The problem was that everybody was into what they were doing. They were into themselves. Ishtach Gafnoi. Everybody was secure. Everybody had their Panasa. Everybody was firm and they felt, it's enough. What do we need a base of Mikdash for? This, what Rav Dessler calls Anochius, this uh, self-centeredness, this own, their own myopic view of the world, that whatever I have is good enough and we don't necessarily have to work on the cloud level, is what caused a great anger in Shemayim. And it caused the fact that Dovid Melech, when he asked himself, was not given permission to build. Rav Dessler explains further in Mifdam Elio, he explains the Midah Kenegad Midah. Why was Dovid Melech set up, so to speak, to make this incorrect decision on counting Klai Yisrael because of his anger? The Yosef Hashem was almost Mesis Dovid Melech to make this mistake, which Chazal say is Allah Afilu Tineker Shabbes Rabban know not to do. Dovid Melech had Cheshbanis. He thought it was a mitzvah to count them, so he went ahead and did it, but there was no need. Why this mistake? So Avdeslu explains that the Yisra to count people is because we're accentuating the individuality of each and every Yid, as opposed to looking at them as part of the Klal. And this mistake was thrown upon Davon HaMelech, and he made the mistake to Mimiramez, to Klai Yisrael, that the mistake in not asking for the Mikdash, L'Sheikh Sidrashu was the fact that they were too much focused on themselves and their own lives and not worried about the Klal, and not worried about the Kavad Ashkina. And Desla says further, that's why immediately after the counting, there was a Magefa. Magefa takes away, as Lashon is Lamat, as Huxla, the, the population was, was lessened because of that. And they came to understand that this inward looking, their stance, that we don't need a base of was the cause of this. And of course, the story ended that the Malachim was stopped on the Malachim HaMikdash and Harabayas, and Dabra Malach understood this was the Malachim HaMikdash. And the Tikkun began. We see from this that Pesach is not only about Bitochen and Amuna, it's not only the center part of our Messiah, it's also teaching us that Klai Yisrael left as Klai Yisrael, and we have to react as Klai Yisrael. We have to be worried about each other. We have to be focused on each other. And the interesting example of this in the Haggadah talks about the Arba Bonim. And there are many you point out, and this is certainly one of the primary lessons of the Arba Bonim. Why are we listing the Arba Bonim? We know that there's a Chacham, we know there's a Tam, we know there's an Ene De Elishol, we know there's a Rosha. So the Rosha, we give a very harsh response, apparently it's a Rosha who's not a Tinnishinish, but is a person who knows better, is not interested in hearing the answer. But what do we do with the Tam and Ene De Elishol? So apparently, the Balagada wants us to focus as parents, as machanchim, as people who are friendly with others who have issues and need help, need help in their learning, need help in their understanding of Yiddishkeit and in their growth of Yiddishkeit, that we have to deal 
with all the banim on their level. And there's a very fascinating part that the Briskarov was fond of telling over. He says that he heard, he told the Sobat to Ramesh Aaron Stern, who once came to his house, and he said, there was somebody by me, he didn't say who it was, he just told me of a vert, I'd like to repeat it to you if the Briskarov is repeating the vert. And he's held of it. He said, why is it that the Navi always refers to, a Chazal always referred to, the B'nai the Bonim are Tamidim and Tamidim are Bonim. What are we supposed to learn from the fact that Tamidim should be like Bonim? He says, the Derech is, if you ask a Rebbe, say a Rebbe has 30 boys in his class, and they ask him to tell us about the boys, he'll say, oh, these 10 are Gavaldik, Mamish Masmidim, such good learners, such smart boys. And then we'll talk about the next 10. They say, they're also good, they're banning but they're stark. And then he'll say, in the bottom of the class, we have these 10. Sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't listen. What will he continue to talk about? His pride and his nachas, the 10 best tamidim in the class, which is perhaps natural. That's the tamidim. You ask the father about his banim. So you ask a father who has four boys, He'll tell you about his one boy who was a natural masmid and an Eloi. He'll be very proud. And he'll tell you about the other two boys who are good, solid, young men, Benetera, who are learning well. And then he might tell you about his fourth boy who never is not learning and has no cheshek and has no havana. And he won't stop there. The rest of the conversation will be, what can I do about this son who needs help? That's the difference between a father and a Rebbe. There are many wonderful Abayim who act like the father, and that's what Chazal are getting at. Rebbe has to understand that each one has to be treated like a child, but it's not just for Abayim. It's for all people who can watch their friend, their neighbor, who might be struggling with children, and understand that every single child is a potential Talmud. Every child in Klai Yisrael deserves to learn and has a need to learn and grow in the Yiddishkeit. And every Eniyadeh Elisho, not yet from perhaps, and every Tom, those who struggle with their understanding, is our personal Lachrayas. Even if it's not your child and it's not your Talmud, he's not in your class, he might not even be a neighbor. Every single person in Klai Yisrael has the ability to help, whether financially, with their education and their tutors, whether taking out time to learn with them, sharing of art, being mechazik them. Klai Yisrael can only grow in this function if we're growing together. And that's why the Haggadah highlights these Arba Bonim. To know, yes, there might be one son who doesn't want to hear, and you have to be stark with him. Most of them are interested, they just don't know how to ask, and unfortunately some of them are so far, they don't even know that they should be interested, and it's up to us to light that spark. I'd like to share one more very fascinating Chazal. This talks about four Yiddish kings, who are all tzaddikim, famache, Yehuda. It's a medrash rabbah in the Sikhta of Eicha. Read the medrash, and then we'll discuss the shayla that everybody asks on the medrash. Arba malachim hayu there were four kings, all tzaddikim, all fought very important battles for Klai Yisrael and helped Klai Yisrael and saved them. 
And as they were fighting, there were four different madregas. It starts off with David Melach, as chronologically it should. Melachira David was the greatest of all of them. Arba Melachim Hayu David Yashafat and Let's go one by one. David Amar Erdof Olvai Vaasigem. David went to battle, chased the enemies, and killed them. And he asked for Siat Tishmaya, I will help you. And David was Echet Siat that he always won in his battles. Also, another great Sadiq, a descendant of David Melech, Amar Ani, Ein Bi Kayach Lairag. I don't have the Kayach to kill them. I will do some Ishtadlis, El Ani Rede for some. I'll chase for Atta Isen, Hu to finish them off. Hashem answered, and it quotes Psukim, we are the fame also. Doesn't say also killed them, he chased them, and Hashem finished them off. That's number two. Number three, Melech Yoshafat. Amad Yoshafat Vamar, Ani Embi Kayach, Lalarag, Vlalirdef, Ani Aimer Shira Vata Isa. Yoshafat said, I don't have the Kayach to even chase after them, let alone to kill them. I'm going to say, Shira, please help me. Akash Baruch said, I will do that as well. Quotes the Pasuk, and the army retreated in disarray. The fourth king, Chizkiel Amelech, was faced with an army of Sancheir of 180,000, surrounded Yushalayim, and happened on Pesach, one of the Vahibah Chitzia Chatzia Laylas that we mentioned in the Agadah. Amar Chizkiel Amar Ani Embi Kayach Lalayrag Vlalirda Vlalay Mashira. I can't kill them. I can't even chase them, and I can't even say Shira. Ella ani yashen amitasi vataisa. Please, Hashem, I'm going to sleep. Please perform the nights for us. Amalakosh baruchu ani yisa, and we know by he balayla huva yitzim malach Hashem v'yachav amachane asher, and all hundred eighty thousand troops were killed. So all the mafreshim discuss the obvious kasha. Lacharit David is in the highest madrega, and it goes in descending order. So why is it that we find that David did the most Ishtadlis, going down to Chizkiyo, did the least Ishtadlis? Sisachayim explains that David HaMelech was indeed the greatest in his Bitochen and Amuna, And because he was so great, he understood that there's no danger in him doing the Ishtadlis necessary in a regular battle of chasing and killing the enemy. And he understood that even though he's doing this regular Ishtadlis, he's not going to think that he has one iota of the credit for it, and he's not going to think that anything is due to his yadi, and therefore there was no danger in doing that Ishtadlis. Asa was more concerned, and he felt if he would actually destroy them, he would take the credit, and there would be some of him, some of that Anochius in the equation, and he didn't want it. I said, Hashem, please, I'll chase them, you kill them. Yoshafat was even more nervous, felt he was in a lower madrega. He said, I feel it's dangerous for me even to give chase. I'm just going to say Shira. And if I say Shira, I'll know I had nothing to do with the nace. Chizkiyo was even afraid of that. And he said, I'm not even going to say Shira. I'm going to sleep so I can take no credit whatsoever. I think this medrash speaks volumes in our gullus, which is a very unusual gullus. For thousands of years, we've had, by and large, poverty and persecution. Life was dangerous day to day. To walk the streets as a year, to do mitzvahs, barabim, was dangerous quite often. Here in America, we have a wonderful, wonderful, sweet situation. 
should last I be as gold tzedek, that we could do what we want because of our freedom, despite the downside of the improper view of what freedom really is, that we began with. But freedom has many advantages. From a Yidden in America, we can practice a Yiddishkeit without fear. We can say what we want in defense of our Yiddishkeit. We go to work, and by and large, people make panasa. And the danger here is that we're doing so well in the Gashmiyastika realm, so well in our freedom, so well with our self-esteem, that sometimes we can think that it's us, and look how well we're doing. And this Medrash is teaching us that the danger is most potent when you go to work, and Baruch Hashem, you make a lot of money, you build institutions, we even have Ishtadlis, we do with the government, and we have a voice. You run the risk of You also run the risk of when you're working to make your own panasa, you run the risk of forgetting that the Hashem is showering us with bracha like we never had in the entire period of the Gullus. People compare it to the golden age of Spain that was... Uh, Nothing compared to what's going on in America. And l'chayra haladavrahu. Why did Akash give us all this? So we should uh, live a fancy existence, and we should uh, spend more money on ourselves. Chalila. The purpose is to rebuild Klai Yisrael after a holocaust, to rebuild Klai Yisrael after a spiritual holocaust, and to spend the money on the cloud to help others. The famous Pekadrav Lezer that says that three times in history, we will have a situation where the Pasuk mentions Reicha Valachamar, Abmavinu, Yachvashamar, Meshabena, Yachvashamar when he went to bring the Gula and Lasalava, Aniya Recha Valachamar, the Mashiach. Maral explains the Khamar represents Khumrius, Gashmias. There are three times in history we needed an infusion of Gashmias. The beginning, the dawn of the building of Klaisra from Abmavinu. And he was a person alone debating and inviting people to see what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is all about, Kaviyachol. And he needed money for that. He ran a yeshiva and he was promised fame and fortune. What did he want? Fame and fortune? He didn't want it. But he needed it in order to be able to attract people and command respect and be makar of people to the Var Hashem. The second point in history was by Yisiyah Sisrayim. They were promised Achari Ken Gadol. You start in Klai Yisrael, millions of people. You need the business Mitzrayim and the business Ayam to be able to start off Klai Yisrael on the right foot. Amen. And the third point in history, which is coming in Mitzvah Shem very soon, is the Ani Rechav Lachamar, where we're, again, unlike any other Gullah's condition, we have, by and large, incredible wealth comparative to what we ever had in the Gullah's. And you have to ask, why is it here? Why the wealth? Why the power? Why the influence? The answer is, it's a preparation for Gula, which is very close at hand. Shem wants us to rebuild. Rebuild our communities. Rebuild psychologically to have that self-esteem and pride that we have in our Yiddishkeit. But it has to be used only for that. And these resources must only be used and only focused on how to help others, not how to help the Klal. By and large, we're doing that, but we have to reinforce that. And then this Mount Chayrus will become a time where the Chayrus is used only for Kvot Shemayim. The Gashmias and Chumrias we have only for Kvot Shemayim and will lead to the Gula Shlema, which is extremely close at hand. 
There's no doubt that the Golis is unique in this situation, very unique in the Kalim we're being given. If we use it the right way, Mitzvah Shem Bizeichet, the Gula Shem of Meher Biyamenu, Chakashav Sameach.